0: Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. My name is Peter Thompson. I am here with my co-host, Lambros Siermos, Costa de Vujanis, and new father, Adi Bulubasis, his first episode since the birth of Young Mihati So congratulations again on that, Adi. And uh, we're here with our, our special guest today as well, Michael Vicini, making his third appearance on the podcast uh, to chat about our match with Larissa in the final game uh, before the split. Michael, how are you doing?
1: Um, don't know how to feel about the result, but look, there's other results in the league that went my way. So That's true, yeah. So it's really a dogfight down in the bottom of the ladder. So I'm looking forward to it in the playoffs. Yeah, I I just
2: have a question. Like, Who do you think are like, the worst teams because watching Larissa today I didn't think they're the worst team we've played to be honest. And I think some uh, of the players are decent. We'll get into this, but Ophi are pretty ter- tragic. Panatolikos are tragic. Lamia has done better. For but... me
1: for me, you're probably gonna get a surprise when I say this team it's at Tromitos. Ever they since they so sat, bad. Um, yeah. ever since they sacked the uh, the Canadi, uh, they've they've dropped big time.
0: Well we will get into the top and the bottom of the table. Uh, later on when we chat about the game, we do have a, a few housekeeping and news points to, to hit on to. First, our first housekeeping, we don't have any special guests that are set up right now. We might have someone in for post-game of Arsenal, but we're still working on it. And this weekend, we're thinking about uh, Boozing with the Boys Part 2. So folks who've been listening to the podcast for a while might remember around Christmas time. Uh, We had a fun boozing with the boys episode where all the hosts had a few drinks and uh, invited fans on to chat about Olympiacos and the team. And it was quite a fun time, I would say. It's uh, it's nice to get that interaction with the fans. We're thinking about doing it again, but this time we want to make sure we do it better. Next weekend, it's still unclear, but it seems like there might not be any Super League games as Epo takes two weeks to schedule the fixtures for the post-split. Super League as they do, um, but we're trying to figure out a time that accommodates everybody both in the States, Europe and Australia uh, to the best possibility and um, we're going to post a tweet on our Twitter and also post on our other social media uh, and you will be given the ability to vote and let us know what is the best time for you. Follow us on our social media at Gate7INTL on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and Reddit if you would like the opportunity to participate in that. And yeah, just let us know what works best for you. We want to just get big participation on this. So feel free to try and stop by and we'll have more updates as the day approaches. Additionally, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Piraeus International. Piraeus International has been helping Greeks ship to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to Greece are going out from Baltimore, Maryland every month. Fill any large U-Haul box, send it to our friends in Baltimore, and it will be shipped to the port of Piraeus for only $50 American. Better yet fill in large wardrobe box and send it for hundred dollars. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 or send an email to sales at Piraeusintl.com. A couple news points to get into. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the Arsenal game as well, although we already covered it on Thursday and then we'll get into Larissa. So first of all, quick national team bullet point as call-ups rapidly approach an open TV presenter, has stated that Socrati and Manola were reached out by JVS or somebody about joining the Ethniki, and they said no. Now, this is interesting. If you remember, we did an episode last weekend with Chris Wheatley, and he said that he was interviewing an Olympiakos player who's also played for Arsenal. This happened to be Socrates. He asked Socrates if anyone had contacted him about the national team. Any guesses for what Socrates said, folks? Given that it's open TV, making these, these crazy reports. So Karate said, no, he said, no, no one has contacted me. Um, So, I mean, this is, this is all very interesting stuff. And we've seen all sorts of crazy reports, Manola is back in the team, all this stuff. But I mean, let's folks, we're going to see Hatsidiakos and Svarnash, just get ready for it. Um, That's, that's all we have to say about this. We'll have more to comment as the, uh, the
2: call-ups are released. I know I I did a shout out to Sport Time one podcast, but like there's a heavy ranking. It's like SDNA Sport. No, Sport Times at the top for me. Sport Time, SDNA, Open TV, Open TV is near the top too. Like it is so equal. Like I don't know how to do it. But these <laughs> don't even mention
3: thing. their names. Don't even mention I, their I shouldn't, names. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Mentioning them, you're giving them publicity. Fuck those guys, man. Seriously. <laughs> like,
2: no, for sure. So I, I guess we'll get to the substance point. I heard um, Capino is getting called up as well. <laughs> the, the, the tragic goalkeeper. They're like,
0: show had. JVS, show them you don't have any bias against ex-Olympiacos players or current
2: Olympiacos players. He's like, I know it. I'll call Capino up. <laughs> like Capino legit plays in the second division of Germany and he hasn't played like consistent football in like two years. He's just starting to play a little bit, but it's a bit mad. And then. Kiriakos Papadopoulos like He's in a blast from the past. Is he playing in like a mid table Croatian team is like called up to? Like bro, what are we living? I I, I think this is the beginning of the end for for JPS. <laughs> but we'll we'll wait to see the full squad list soon.
3: But seriously, it amazes me how like aggressive some people on social media get whenever there's like a hint that like there 's a conversation about Manolas and Socrates coming back, and they're like, "Oh, they played shit in the World Cup and they weren 't good here, and they weren't good there, and let's play with Zavela and Stafiilis and Hadzydiakos. It's like I can understand that Socrates hasn't played for like over six months but like the whole thing like with Manolas like Manolas is a top rated defender in the Italian league where like the best league when it comes to defenders and like just I don't get it it's like, yes okay we have red and white goggles when we're here but when we're talking about the national team we're talking about the national team and seriously we don't have defenders like Siovas Manolas and Papastathopoulos in the national team and we have Davelas as our starting center back are you fucking kidding me! Sorry, just like I, I needed to say that because every time, every time this discussion comes up on social media, it's the same. It's like, oh, Socrates, this, oh, Manolas, they're not committed, they're whiners. It's like, okay, and they're like, oh, the other thing, they're not nice people, you know? With Neri Castillo, was he a nice guy? Uh, no. Nope. so many good players like doesn't. No, it's not about whether they're a nice guy. Wait, can I just say this too? These guys want to win.
2: Savelas almost tanked our whole national team in Brazil. Does anyone remember that? Like, literally, though, we almost had like a France was a 2010 World Cup where the whole national team blew up because Savelas went on and on with Maniatis about Pauk and bullshit. So... Like how is he back in the fold and he's just like, Oh yeah, Tavelas a fighter. Tavelas almost ruined our World Cup like six years ago,
4: seven years ago. People just don't care. It's also ridiculous because look, I for me, I'm always I'm of the opinion that don't leave any stone unturned. If you want to give him a go, give him a go. It's fine. I'm not gonna get super upset about that. The thing that bothers me is and this is totally like Greek fans just sometimes will just Go off their rocker when, like, one or two good things happens for a player. Like, people were already saying, oh, Katsidiakos and Mavropanos are the best CBs in Europe. Like, guys, calm down a second. Mavropanos has played, like, 600 minutes of, of football, like, consistent. And he's been good. I, no one's disagree. Deserves a call-up. 100%. But we need to pump the brakes here. Katsidiakos as well, like, I think he's played well. I don't think he's even the best in Holland, to be perfectly honest with you. But I think he's played well. Worthy enough. Worthy of a call-up. But we got to, like, chill. We have to relax. Like, these guys aren't the best here, the best here. And the people saying that Manola and Socrates, good riddance, they're they're no better than Mavropanos or Villacos, I have no idea what world you're living in. If you're rating a guy that plays 500 minutes really good over a guy that's been playing almost three thousand at a high level in one of the top three leagues in europe i don't know what to tell you that's my thoughts on the whole thing
0: adi you might not want to play this episode to me you might want to make sure maybe maybe skip
2: skip over to this one
0: (laughs) anyway um
1: uh
2: moving on michael do you michael do you have any comment about the call-ups i know you're you're into the national team. Um,
1: look, if it's regarding any defenders, Kyriakos Papadopoulos is no exception. I think he deserves a call up. I've been hearing great things of him in Croatia, so he's had he's had to work his way back up. It's been a rollercoaster for him for the past few years. I knew he's still a he's still a talented player. I've never ruled him out for an ethnic key call up. So uh, good on him. He's back in the back in the squad. Um, for Sokratis and Manolas, last i that's one subject i stay out of um but all I can say is that they both need to be in the in the squad no matter what the that to they they're both our best defenders that's that needs to be said well, we'll see
0: what j v s comes up with, looking back to the super league uh of course the pre split super league has finished everyone has played each other twice. And giving a look at the final standings, we've got Olympiakos on sixty-seven points at the top, sixteen points clear of. Olim- I mean, Aris. Um, after that, <laughs> it is it is Pauk <laughs> and Ike even farther down the table. Um, Ike are on forty-eight points and Pauk are on forty-seven. Bonifacios with forty-five, Asteras with forty-two. So, in the least, there could be a whole lot of shuffling between that two to six and it should be interesting to see who lands the European places. Running very quickly through the relegation group, Vodos on 33, Janina on 31, Apollon Smyrna on 28, Atromitos on 28, Lamia on 23, Panetorikos on 20, Ulfie on 19, Larissa on 16 points. Of course, for those who need the reminder, the, the team who finishes last is automatically relegated. team who finishes second to last goes into a playoff, with the second place team in super league two and the winner of that playoff will get
3: promoted. I've got an interesting question. Just like we don't have to get into it too much, but it's only four tickets for, for European competition next year. So who do we think, who do you think is going to get the other three tickets? i surely get one.
0: Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, I think a question
3: Let me let me let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Who's not gonna get
0: Yeah, okay. Um Alex Skutakos, I regret to inform you. I don't think Asteras have habit in them to do it. Um I know it's it's tough to hear, but uh I think <laughs> they probably are out. And then for me, it's between Ike and Panathinaikos. Panathinaikos for me are so unpredictable. Like there was that little bit when they were looking really good. And now, like, who knows? They could... I I could see them. But I think i think Pauk will probably grab third. And then I'm not really, like, that big on Ike, to be honest with you. So I could see them potentially dropping out. But it's hard for me to say
2: between Panathinaikos and Ike, personally. I just want to say Pablo Garcia, stay forever, baby. So bad. He's the worst. Oh, my God. Losing to Panathinaikos. Well done, man. He's just... He gets the best results, man. How many points back is he? Twenty points in 26 twenty six Twenty points, That's pretty impressive, us, yeah. actually. Like, good work, man. Like, what was it? Like, what was the one comment? Pauk deserves to be at the top, but we just don't show it on the field or something, and the results don't show. The table doesn't show. Well done, man. Well done. No,
3: no, he said he said that they were our equals
2: yeah he he said something like we were equal on the field, but like the table's slightly different. I don't remember maybe but, maybe just
0: worry about being equal to adis maybe get yeah. there and then and then you can talk again
2: anyway um but i i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> say real quick adis Ike, and I'm looking right now Bolognese is so tragic too, so it's like really hard for me i i'm i'm ah nasteras is just a nothing um I'm going to go Pauk, I guess. Yeah. I think it's going to be Adi, Pauk, Panathinaikos just don't have it. The depth as well is just terrible there.
0: Well, we've got a bit of a discussion about the Arsenal game. And the real reason we're doing this is because Adi was preoccupied, understandably at the time and didn't get to hop on the pod for post game. But, um, from what he's, from what he's told me, he's, uh, he's got some things to say. So Adi, I'll just let you have the floor at this point and then, uh, Maybe we'll ask Michael for some opinions down the line as well. Obviously, we haven't talked to him about the game either.
4: Well, Michael, I definitely want your opinion on this game, 100%, especially as a neutral, just because it's it's always nice to get that third-party opinion. But I almost pre-recorded a rant for you guys to play on the last pod after I saw the nonsense that I saw on social media. But I said, wait, I'll let people cool off. I'll check the data because maybe they're right. Maybe there is something to what they're saying. And in some way, shape, or form, yeah. You know, after playing Dr. Phil to some people that were just flabbergasted and in despair after the loss, I understand. There were a lot of emotions running high. So I get it. I understand. And Lombro's rant resonated with me. Because there wasn't just one person making stupid statements. There were a lot which is why this came up. If one person said it, we'd have been like, whatever. This guy's an idiot. We don't, we don't trust him. We don't believe him, whatever. But there were a lot of people saying stuff, really dumb things about Sa, what have you. Now, before I continue, the abuse Jose Sa got after this game is unforgivable. If you are one of those people and you listen to our podcast and you sent threatening message to Jose Sa, go fuck yourself. Unfollow us. Stop listening to this pod. We do not tolerate that, and we don't want you as a fan. That's it. Second is the goals. I saw so many people commenting on how poor Jose Sa's performance was. So I watched from different angles all three goals, about 30 times each, just to see what happened, did he make mistakes, what could have happened. And the first thing I'm going to tell everybody is the combined expected goal differential for the three goals combined was 0.07. If you like math, that means if you replayed those three shots a hundred times, the Arsenal scores one of them in, a, uh, in seven of those 100 games, okay? They were very fortunate to score those goals. The first goal that Odegaard shot, it was a rocket. I saw some people commenting on both Reddit and other Arsenal social medias the potential velocity of the shot. Now, I don't know if it's true or not, which is why I'm not going to say it here, because I don't know the validity. But it was a really fast shot. Jose Sa's attention was off the ball before it was shot. So by the time he looked to see the ball coming, the, the shot was already coming. His reflex was bad, but that should have been a savable shot. So the criticism for that is correct. Now, he was probably expecting a pass from Odegaard, which is why he was looking and why he didn't see the initial shot come. But it it caught him off guard. That's on him. We can say that. The second goal, if you are one of the idiots that said that was an unsavable shot, you're wrong. There's a reason why that goal was a .04 XG. The angle, everything. It was not a shot you make. But this guy had a perfect beer pong loop type of header it was a perfect curve there was nothing jose Sak could have done to get to that his positioning following the corner kick was perfect he took away the near goal most people's headers will come and even if it goes up he was in a position to stop that and then in case the ball was played across goal, make a move but the the header was pretty strong and it had a perfect dip behind him into the back of the net not much he can do about that The third goal was a wonder goal. That was one of the most perfect shots you will see from almost 24 meters out. Perfect, perfect contact on the ball with the laces for the outswing. And Jose Saad got got a touch on it. But when you see that ball come to you and it kind of knuckles out like that, there's only so much you can do. And again, that shot registered a .01 expected goal. That, that shot goes in one in a hundred times. These were not gifts that we gave them. You can make maybe discussions about whether or not our defense should have done better to close down on the shot before it happened, but you're taking that risk if they're taking a shot from over 20 meters out. Now, people said our open play or our, our ball playing ability sucked. Our possession was terrible. We never connected passes. 84% pass accuracy. That's what we had. Arsenal's was better. Their possession was better. They had more possession of the ball to be expected. If you want to make a complaint about something, our possession getting forward was pretty bad. 70%, okay? That's lower than what we expect. And it's not, it's not what we want to see for Libya Libyakos. So that's what the criticism should be. But in open play, we had the same XG as Arsenal. 0.79 to their 0.75. That means that our defense did not allow a lot of opportunities, and the opportunities we got, despite being not so good, were more threatening. Next, the average shot distance for each one of Arsenal's shots was over 20 meters. If you're telling me my defense isn't allowing shots inside 20 meters inside the penalty area, I'm happy. I am very happy with that, especially if it's an open play. You know how many games we've lost when our opponents have had shots over 20 meters when Martins has been coached, besides Arsenal? One. And it was the first leg lost to Pauk in the Kipelo back in July. The only time we've ever lost when the, opponent, the opponent's average shot was over 20 meters. The odds were in Arsenal's favor this game. We Can did I not stop you right there?
2: I, I remember that game. That was actually in February, yes. right before the Arsenal game, wasn't it? And then we went on to July. beat Arsenal. Oh, no, no, no. The second, the first leg was in February. Oh, you're, if right, right. you're right, you're right, you're right. And then I it got delayed. That. So maybe there's some coincidence in there we go on to beat Arsenal. Anyway, just keep going. I just, I just yeah. remembered that, actually, because Guillerme made a post on Instagram, and he's like, blah, blah, blah. It'll be different next time. Those yeah. It was BS, blah, blah, blah.
4: Yeah. And then we also, everybody seems to keep forgetting. We did not have one healthy CB. Socrates played, but he's nursing an injury and it visibly bothers him. No healthy CBs. You can't expect to play a team that has 15 times your budget and compete when you don't have a healthy CB. Better yet, we had to repurpose our most important midfielder as a center back to deal with it. What are you expecting us to do? This isn't FIFA. We're not on Xbox here, and you could do whatever you want, and you're still gonna win your league, play on your semi-pro difficulty because most people probably suck at that game. So it doesn't work in real life. You can't do that. I get that you guys are gods in your semi-pro level career mode in FIFA or be a pro, whatever the hell it is. But that's not how it works in real in the real world. We knew the gaps were gonna be there because Emvila wasn't clogging the midfield, and that's exactly what happened. We put the spatial mapping, the link-up mapping on Twitter, and you could see it. The gaps were there. Not much we can do. And finally, the fact that we were split before this game, 5-5 and with Arsenal, in the last 10 years or 11 years, is a testament to how far this club has come. Okay? Obama Yang has a base salary of 250,000 British pounds, not euros, British pounds per week. And by the way, when he signed his new contract, he gets a loyalty bonus. He scores a goal and wins the game. He gets more bonuses. Up to 350,000 British pounds a week. I don't know what today's conversion rate is, but it's probably close to 400,000 euros, maybe 375,000 euros a week. That is our budget for our team. That is how much we spend on our wages for our players, plus or minus a million. So the fact that this, we're competing with a team like this, and we have for the last 11 years, is a testament to where this club has come. In no small part to Martins. Now there's a lot of criticism you can give to Martinez. Fair criticism. Set-piece issues. The fact that we're still conceding, even to Larissa today. Another set-piece goal. That's on him. Zonal marking scheme, whatever it is, he's got to figure it out. And he has it yet. Taking too long, unacceptable. He has to figure it out. Two, the failure to develop our academy players. Gosta, I know you feel strongly about this. I'm not even going to spend a lot of time on it. I know you will. And lastly, the inability to properly rotate. Those are fair. These are things you can criticize. And it's fair criticism. It's logical criticism. But saying that Martins isn't what this team needs to go forward is wrong. How many coaches have gotten us into back-to-back Round of sixteen, anything, Champions League, Europa League or otherwise, zero. Ernesto Valverde, we all think is probably the best coach we've had. I agree, I loved him. He didn't do it. Well, he only stayed two years here. He fell out round of sixteen against Metalis Karky. Dusan Bajovic also couldn't replicate that success over well, it was the format was different in the in the late nineties. So that's that's different. But even if you look back since the nineties, The club has never been able to successfully go two years in a row deep into any European competition. Look what happened after we played Manchester United, 2013-2014. We bowed out round of 32 Europa the following year. Vitor Pereira gets us to the round of 16 after we beat the the other Turkish team, Osmanlı or whatever their name was, lose to Besiktas. What happened the next year? We couldn't get to the round of 16 again. Martins has a spoiled because we can play at a high level. And we're, we're consistently getting relatively deeper to this into a competition we've never been super deep in anyway. And don't forget, guys, our Champions League opponents in our table, Man City's moving on to the next round. So both of our other opponents are going into the quarterfinals. And don't forget, the previous year, Bayern Munich won the Champions League. So I hope that this adjusts some of your perspectives. Because some of what I saw on social media was not just wrong. It was plain idiotic.
2: Let me jump in and play devil's advocate here. What do you say to people who said, Olympia used to take nine points in the Champions League and beat Atletico Madrid and the Juventus of the world. Now we can't even not get out, get a few points in the Champions League, blah, blah, blah. Martins doesn't do it in Europe. What is your response to that? I know I have a response, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. What is your response to that, Adi?
4: Did Atletico Madrid win the Champions League that season when we played them?
2: No, they I don't remember.
4: Where did they? How how far did they get in their league? They actually weren't super great that season. That was the season after they played Real Madrid in the Champions League final. Yeah. Okay. So now, yes, that's you're right. That was a we had a, it was a good team. It was a good run that year, right? But did we replicate it the following season? We had that was yeah, one then, good year. So was yeah, it yeah. was it luck or was it skill? Is the question. Yeah. If you can replicate it, it's not luck. It is skill. That is the difference. Martinez is replicating and we are we are still doing well. Now, if he regresses, then that's a different conversation. But we're still here, despite a lot of setbacks by the way. And despite an overhauled defense. Need I remind everybody for the 800th time? Overhauled defense. We had three new starting defenders, again. Well, sorry, a whole new starting lineup of defense against Arsenal than we've had all year so far. That's it.
1: Um, Adi, you've pretty much nailed it. All of it. Lombardal probably just gave that segue from last episode that I've listened to, and the the the, the what I saw after full time was ridiculous. I thought it was pathetic from. From those minority of fans, I calling for Martin's head. Like, you're you're going to hear it from me calling for Martin's head. What's the biggest challenge that's going to face Olympiacos in the future? It's replacing Pedro Martins. So, you you just want to blow it all away by sacking him? What are you going to gain from it? What's Olimpiacos going to gain from sacking Martins? We'll get Lemonis back.
2: Fortunis is coming back at Strike baby. Yeah, We're going all the way
1: this time. I don't know what these idiots want, man. Yeah. Uh, look, I watched the game, I thought, look, Olympiakos was down to um, you know, their last resources, like sent centre back. What what more do you want? He was the he was obviously the missing piece from the midfield. Um he could have prevented some from some errors from happening during the game. Like he was obviously he was obviously uh that played a big factor into the results. So yeah, you could argue that Martin's in the past has rotated the team wrongly. But yeah, that, that's fair. But you're calling for Martin's head, seriously? You're winning the league. And you're also this far in, in Europe, round of 16. What more can you ask from him? Try next season. Try and go further. Like, you've now got a whole new back line. Let's see what happens. Like, you don't want to blow it away. And also calling... And that... What happened, Joe Jose Sa? Like after the game, I, I saw his wife post something on Instagram that he received abuse, and that—that's disgusting. There's, there's no, there's no tolerance for that. Like, there's nothing to you, nothing you can say. They're not fans. They're not fans. But I, I saw the goals. The only one you can argue that he could save was Odegaard's. Odegaard's first goal for Arsenal. That's pretty much it. The other two, not preventable, not preventable.
3: The also, amount of I... times that he's saved us. Yes. Like, yeah. People yeah. just have such amount a of times Exactly. It's like uh, in the Europa League uh, with Betis a couple of years ago, in the league, in the derbies, like, he's been such a reliable keeper. One of the best keepers we've had in a long time. I think he's up there yeah. with Roberto. I do agree that he's had a dip of form since the Ajax game before Christmas uh, or after, I can't remember. But, uh, I mean... This is completely not tolerable, as you said right at the beginning. And yeah. seriously, these people that spend time to send abuse to him online and to his wife—yeah, it's
1: disgusting. Life. It's yeah. disgusting. And and you got to realize—I don't know if I remember this. Maybe you guys can correct me. He's the one that replaced yanyotis in Pedro Martín's first season. So yeah. think. Of, so think of the level that yanyotis is playing at now. He's at Atomitos, and he's, he's just dropped. Remember the time he was in the Ethniki? He's out of that picture because he's not a good goalkeeper. He's not what Pedro, Martin, Pedro Martins expected him to do. Look who came in and replaced him, Jose Sarr, and he's been excellent for Olympiakos. I think he's been excellent. It's like And everyone else, even neutral fans have been saying it. He's a top goalkeeper. You want him out of the team, who are you going to replace him with? You have inexperienced Zolakis. Nothing against him. Hope he becomes a big star in the future. Christensen, an old boy of mine from my my club, decent keeper, but he's not a perfect replacement for Jose Sa. He's got his he's got his weaknesses there. Who are you going to replace him with? You, you need to go big in the market, and especially with COVID, who are you going to bring?
2: No, exactly. I I, I saw the calls for Zolakis, who I would love to see become a great keeper for Liverpool one day. But are we literally not forgetting when he has played? He he weighs like f- twenty kilos, soaking wet. Like Zolakis is gonna dominate the air in a European game. Let's play Zolakis for the rest of the season. People are. Uh, I'm not gonna get back on the on the uh, the rant. Like maybe they see Zolakis is good on Football Manager and they think, oh, this will do. Have you guys even seen a picture of Zolakis? He's like 17 year old, 15 pounds. Like. His mother keeps feeding him food, so he'll try to gain weight, but it's just not working. Like, this is a grown man's sport, and this is the highest level. What happens when Zolakis doesn't make the Odegaard save? What happens when Zolakis Zolakis doesn't make the freaking header from Aubameyang save? Are we forgetting about that? That was a sure goal that Sa saved. People forget about that. So Lackey's isn't making that save, I promise you. He barely made that many saves against uh, Ike in the cup final when he had to play. So, no, it's just a ridiculous conversation to even be having, but it has to be had because there's fans calling for it. So,
4: yep. And, <laughs> and here's the thing, right? You can, Jose Sa has garnered goodwill, right? He's earned that capital that social capital with the club, with his previous performance, performances. Now, has he been out of form the last two months or a couple of months? I should say month, whatever. Yeah, we can say that. So maybe you can make the argument that he's starting to chip away at that goodwill with these poor performances. I think that's fair. That would be fair to say, but to say, Oh, he's out. No, he has earned the right to have a few bad games. Because he is the reason that in previous seasons we are we were where we were. He saved us single handedly. And Michael, to your point about who would we replace him with? Who do we replace Pedro Martinez with?
1: Exactly. Who? who? <laughs> That's the, like I said. It's the biggest challenge that Olympiacos will face. It's exactly. Uh. Exactly. Ernesto Valverde is not going to walk through
4: that door. And even if he does, let's say we're lucky enough to get him. He has some family situations, we'll say a situation with his family, which is why we've never, never been able to keep him for more than two seasons, because he doesn't want to uproot his family from Spain. There's care he gets for his family in Spain, and he doesn't want to bring it to Greece. One of his family members, I believe it's his son, has some complications. And the care that he was getting for him, or at least this was back when Marinakis first took over, was there. So he wasn't comfortable staying here. Maybe that's because the care in Greece, the medical care, isn't this, you know, up to par, whatever the, the reason is. We have a long-term vision for the first time since probably when we hired Dusan Bayevich in the 90s, when he stayed three years. We've never had that. We've always had a carousel. You want to give this up when promising things are coming out of this club now? It's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous.
0: Well, I think we're all on the same page. Costa, is there anything else you have to say about this whole topic?
3: No, I think we touched on everything when it comes to the issue of the goalkeeper. But I really want to now transition into this uh, topic of, of the youth and the academy because uh, yeah, Labro made some points about Zolaikis. So I'm going to come back to that, but let me just set the context a little bit. So I think that we have failed miserably year after year after year after year in developing our youth prospects. Now, Olibiagos is a high, high-pressure club. We understand that if you lose one game, the pressure is on immediately situation's a little bit different this year because there are no fans in the stands. So there's nobody that can egg on or give shit to a young player that comes in and makes a mistake. But let me let me just step back for a moment. Some of you are going to say, oh, yeah, but what about Timikas? What about Mario Broussai? What about Androutos? Did these players develop at Olympiakos? I mean, were they... How long has it taken Androutos to t- take a spot in the team? And he's not he's not starting... He's a rotation player and he's playing at right back, out of position. He's been loaned out to Atromitos. Can't remember where else, but he's been a fringe player the last few years. The last time he really played was, uh, I think, under under Bento and under Moniz where he played left wing, he played centre mids, he played attacking mids, played everywhere. He's only settled down into one position this season as a rotation option. Timikas the dutch took him and developed him and he came back ready same with vrsay we didn't give them the chance because we were too scared so i just want to i just want to say that timikas and rutsos these guys don't count we didn't develop them we gave them more chance after they got their fundamentals and their their game time elsewhere now i'm just going to go through a list of players from our Youth Academy. Apostolos Apostolopoulos. A player we signed last season, I think in, uh, in March or April, and everybody was saying, we're signing him from Pancereacos, he's going to be the next Costas Timicas, disappeared. Haven't seen him anywhere this season. He had some injury problems at the beginning. I think he had a, a small surgery. But why couldn't you take him in the squad today? You're 16 points clear. What are you afraid of? 16 points clear of Aris, 20 points clear of your main rival, Balk, and you're afraid to give kids a chance? Okay, heck, don't start them. But you can't put him on as a, as a sub? Against at No disrespect. Like, Laodice is one of the most historic clubs in, in Greece. Yeah. But you're, you're lying at the bottom of the table and we're 16 points clear of second. Surlis. First time he got 30 minutes today. And what does he do? He's played out of position. He's a second striker. He's an attacking midfielder. He was playing as a defensive midfielder today and Thiago Silva was playing. Is Thiago Silva better than Vasilis Surlis? Maybe he's, he's more experienced. He's played more than him. But seriously, we can't imagine a situation where Vasilis Surlis is our fourth option midfielder ahead of somebody like Thiago Silva. Janis Christophilopoulos, he was on the bench today, 17 years of age, one meter 87 fast, good with both feet, and we can't give him a chance. Tasos Celios, a player we said we, we stole from under Pauk's radar. Oh, sorry, he was a Pauk under-18 player. We bought him to Pireas. No disrespect to Hugo Kuypers, but Hugo Kuypers is a nothing player to me. I'm really sorry. He's a nothing player to me. I would rather I have a, a young academy product that I, I give him the chance. Why Hugo Kuypers is taking playing time away from a youth, a youth academy player? It's ridiculous. Christos Liatos, right winger, 17 years of age. AC Milan want him. Where is he? Why haven't I seen him? Lazar Adjelovic is having a bad season. Why is this kid nowhere? And Zolakis, don't get me started on Zolakis. Ike Casillas made his debut against us at Real Madrid in a Real Madrid shirt. The, one of the biggest clubs in the world. He came to Olympic Stadium with 88,000 people in 1998 and he started a game. You've to give these guys a chance christensen Christensen came in to play to 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 keep Zolakis on his feet, not Sa but anyway i'm I'm almost done with my rant. We need to give we, we, we seriously do not have we haven't learned as a club we have not learned to manage our youth. If we don't trust them, let's set up like a, a, an arrangement with Willem or some clubs abroad where we say, okay, guys, you know, the pressure is too big here. You guys need to go abroad play, in a, play in, a, in a high league for a mid-table team or a relegation team to go and get your development and come back. But the way we've been managing these players is so poor and it's really pissed me off. And, and last thing, really, there are some squad players in our team, foreign players that we've brought in that aren't good enough or they shouldn't be taking away the opportunity from these kids, these young Greek kids, to play for the team that they've grown up in. At Redi, from the age of 11, 12, 13, whatever. Rant over.
4: I agree with you 100%, Costa. Everything you said. Now, one thing I will say. Sorlis has played in a lot of different positions, not just in times he's appeared for the first team, but also for the academy. He's playing in that deeper center mid role. He's actually even played right wing, also. He's played right mid. He's played left mid. Um, just the, the data that's available from Y Scout for those things. He's played in a lot of places. Another midfield type of player like Adrutos that apparently has a versatile skill set. And this is why I'm such a proponent of the, the the Olympiakos B, Artenikos B, that that system, all the other leagues have it. Why can't Greece do it? This is another, another reason why I get upset with Ramenos because I think I remember three years ago, he was asked about this and he's like, oh, no, no, never. It's just another opportunity for some clubs to take advantage. Screw you. I, I will be so happy when that guy's gone. He is the worst. I mean, I know donkeys that could run this league better than Gramenos. It is a disgrace. And Michael, I don't know how you how you feel about this, but for me, especially when it comes to the big clubs, right, maybe not Bonathinaikos because they've always been better at developing their academy talent than most other clubs. But for us, even Balk or Ike or Adis, Uh, a team that can only play in the second division or any lower division, but can never get promoted, a place, a next step for our academy players to go, not as much pressure, but to get some experience, at least at a, if not a full professional level, a semi-professional level. Uh, I think it's a great idea. And at the very least, if we're not going to have that connection with Willem or another team to send our players, since we're not confident enough to develop, that's the only other thing i can see on a whole that will also help greece take that next level towards development i don't know what are your thoughts on that michael
1: no absolutely i've been discussing this with um with the boys at the last football podcast that i'm a co-host of we've absolutely hit the nail on this too so um we've even said to have b teams in second division and even the third division like this you got nothing to lose we've we've got so many talent that we've seen over the years that have been wasted, like especially in my club. I, ever since we got promoted, our only real talent is Pinakas. What can I say? And his, his brother is waiting to be promoted too, Stavros Pinakas. So, and the, the the guy that recognized Dimitris Pinakas is Miltos Jakas. He's now the assistant coach of Cyprus, so congratulations to him. But my point is, Clubs like Larissa, clubs like banyonios who are sadly now in the abyss of football, they have produced one of the biggest talents in Greece ever since their foundations. Look at banyonios in the fourth division. Whose fault is that? Could you blame the federation or do you blame the ownership of that time? But the point is, The amount of foreign, the amount, another point is the foreign players that have, that have, you know, been arriving into the Greek league is, I think it's in excessive. What I propose is a squad cap, have a certain amount of youth players in a team, as well as amount of Greek players. The maximum I propose for foreign players is at least seven. I think that's enough. And then, these, these reserve leagues that we have at the moment, what what do these youngsters gain? All they're doing is just running in the youth league. Why can't we just loan them out to these second division clubs? I, I hear that you guys have loaned out um, Giannis Kosti to Levatiakos. He he's doing okay there. But do you rather do you want to see him in Olympiakos B team in the second division? Sure, you would want to see that. So do I with my youth players for A.L. What do I... That's all I have to say.
3: Uh, Just on that point, I think the the Olympiakos B issue was, uh, like you said, Ari, two or three years ago, came up on on the agenda and it was quickly kind of, you know, put to the side. Loaning players out to the second division to clubs like Levadiakos or there's the other team, I think, uh, Janya, that we've loaned out players to in the past, like Salyakas and and some others. I think... uh, I think one of the um, young Serbian boys that we have is is over there, or oh, Nikolic, sorry he's he Bosnian uh, I apologize um, i don 't think that, that, that level's not high enough for them like they 're never going to come back with any kind of you know real experience of playing in a competitive league like like we 've seen with Timikas and Brusai they 've gone out to this club, willem, God bless them, <laughs> you know they 're a mid level mid table team. In the Eredivisie, it's a competitive league. The Dutch have a have a knack for developing talent. We need to do we need to do more of that if we're if we're not going to give them the chance um, in 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 the Super League. I don't think there's a lot for these kids to gain with going on loan to Levadiakos or or Hania. An Olympiakos B team. I think it's. It's good because they learn on Olympiacos' system. They play the system that the first team plays. They play against men in their own team. I think that's important. And uh, let's see. I'm not going to get into effort changes uh, or proposals now. But I think we need to look at that again.
2: First things first, Hugo Kuypers is my boy. And no slander of Hugo Kuypers is accepted. Costa, that was... You Let that slip, and I'm gonna forgive it for you because it He's was in the Belgian. Midst
3: of- He's Belgian. I He's love fantastic. him. I live in Belgium. I love him. Like, I, I mean, I, no. <laughs> we'll just
2: leave it at that. We love Hugo Kuypers. Now, let's focus on the main point Lazar, you coat Masuras. I've seen enough. What are we are different- getting into
0: today's game now? Is that where this? Yeah, is let's heading? get into today's game. Yeah, like, yeah, I
2: would rather have like 14 year old. I don't know. One-year-old Mihalis on the right wing. <laughs> I don't know. Lazar Anzalevich, I am so done with this clown.
0: You know, Lazar, we've seen worse from care. Lazar,
2: Landro. We've seen I worse don't from care. him. It hate to be sad. said. It's done. I just you hate him. already. It's over. <laughs> like, he can go win the Ballon d'Or at Olympiakos, and I would still hate him. Coo-down. Like, <laughs> Coo-down. down Go oh, down. No, he's burnt the bridge. <laughs> he's burnt the bridge. He's just terrible. He's been so well, bad.
0: On a serious so note, long. guys. On a serious note, Peter Masuras, please, like, what has happened to this man? Two times in this game. And you know, it's not it's not Bonathy in the 87th minute. It's not Arsenal. But two times in this game, he absolutely blew an easy chance twice. Like what are, I, I, how many more chances are we going to give Masuras people? Like, square
3: the ball, square the ball to El Arabi, square the ball.
0: God damn you! he will never learn his lesson. I don't care he that he not. had an assist. I don't want any like Masuras fanboys, if such a thing exists, to like comment, like, Oh, he had the assist.
3: Did El Arabi steal his girlfriend or something? What the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's,
4: it's bad, and then not just that, it's it's also how he plays on the wing. Like, okay, guys, we know that he doesn't have the skill set. He doesn't have the ability to take players on. That's not who he is. And that's part of, why, part of why he has had discussions. I don't know if they're ongoing, but remember Giannakopoulos said he had spoken with Masuras. So I don't know if that's an ongoing thing or if he had spoken to him once. But his thing is always going to be, you know, track back. If he gets the ball – maybe play a cross in, or if he can get a cut in for a shot, that's the only type of winger he is. You saw when he was getting the ball going forward, I think it was in the second half, and he had uh, two Lodi players, one midfielder and the defender, closing him down. The thing he should have done on that left side when he was running was just go, go to the end line, take it to the end line, play a cross in while you have players running in. But well, what does he do? He panics. He stops. Turns and then gets literally shoveled out to the to for a throw-in. I I think it ended up becoming a latisa throw-in anyway. That's just a player he is. He doesn't he doesn't believe he has the skill to do it. That's one thing you can see. If he believed he had the skill, he would at least try it. He doesn't believe he does. He doesn't have it, and and that's it. He that this is the player he is. He's a rotational player for us at best. He can perform decently well in the Super League sometimes. And that's what you get. I mean, he's a guy that, unfortunately, when we played against Arsenal, played 87 minutes and completed five passes. Besides those five passes, he had like a cross. That was his production. Maybe two interceptions, I think, if I remember correctly. But that's, that's what you get. He's not... I'm going to echo what Coach Yanni said and what other, player, other people have said. He is not, unfortunately, a Libyakos material. I don't think this is a player that is going to elevate the standard of our squad at this point. We've just seen too much. As for Lazar, I actually think Lazar, the, when he came on versus Arsenal, and then today, I saw better in these last two games than we've seen all season from him. A couple of nice runs, good. Uh, don't forget, he had that one ball, again, when we played against Arsenal, ran, uh, the interplay with Fortunes, played the ball back to El Arabi, and he shanked the shot. That, was, that should have been a goal right there. That was one of our best opportunities block.
3: all game. It was a great block. And then
4: even today, Lazar had a couple of great moves, great runs, playing the ball in. He had the cross that went across the mouth. Just over. Nobody was there. So I I saw better things from him. Now, does this mean we're going to see better from Lazar? Or is this one of those things where we have a nice run of form for three or four games? And then he goes back to playing like the piece of crap we've seen almost all season. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but Michael what are what were your thoughts on this game as a whole first half first half especially cuz i thought we looked super sloppy and that Lottie soccer for a, huge portions of that first half were the better team but i wanted your uh opinion on that
1: yeah we played better in the first half there's no question about it but in the second half for you guys you i think you made some a couple changes that kind of switched the momentum and you're getting to better better um Positions of goal of goalscoring chances and you took them. So, but on that first half, I think you can tell that because we're last in the league that we're fighting to stay up. And also, this coach Gianluca Festa, maybe you guys will remember him back in the day for Middlesbrough. So, this is his second stint, and I remember his first stint. That this guy that we play with, that we've played the best football under since our promotion, two thousand sixteen. He's back again with a much more. Difficult task. So he's come in in a wrong time. If if he came in at the end of November last year, it would have been probably a different picture right now, but it is what it is. We hired some I don't know, some Gorilla or free prison prison coach. <laughs> I don't know. It did horrible for us. I remember the last time I came here, so it was a five one loss at, in Beraya. So and we had five players suspended. This game we had ten players out, ten players I I... out. <laughs> so three of them were injured, three of them were suspended, and four and the other four they're out of fringe. And one of them is being Tim Spaff, So that's that's the that's a summary of um Gourias. He just chucks out players like it's like it's nothing. We're basically a junkyard. So
3: <laughs> you even brought Stifler back. From American side, yes.
1: <laughs> he's been he's been good. He's been good. A legendary uh, movie, midfield. by the way. Yeah, <laughs> he's been okay, Manuel Stifler. I, I'm like, who is this guy? Who is who's this guy? We're gonna sign? Like, I've never heard of this guy. We're, just another guy from Germany. I'm like, and, he, and ever well, since Kuyas's he's come scouting in,
0: network is just immense. It ever since he's said. come
1: in, he's, he's been okay for the midfield. Our just signs random players, man. Like you will probably. He, I remember our um, Yugoslavian revolution. We've signed so many players from, <laughs> so many players from Serbia, Bosnia. Oh, it's ridiculous, and we're still doing it. We we signed Uros Chosic. Now he's said to be released because he's overweight. <laughs> he's like... sublaki diet.
4: <laughs> but we always talk to the players about sublaki diet.
3: Yeah. I think maybe his
4: was a little bit more. He was eating a lot more, maybe some Bugatza with their over there too.
0: <laughs> well, so at this point, Michael, we went over the table at the beginning and we briefly we briefly asked you about this, but I mean, geez, like <laughs> for me, I was watching Narisa today, and there's like what, two, maybe three players that I recognized from the last time we played them. Like, oh God. So I, I imagine um, you know, it's been a very turbulent uh, few few weeks here, but since we last played, uh, it has to be said, Laudisa have picked up a couple decent results. I think you guys, uh, did you beat or or tie Pauk? I forget. Um, we
1: t- yeah we drew with Pauk one all with Pauk. Yeah, last minute penalty It was a penalty. The coach Datsis was complaining. Gudels was complaining. I'm like, look at the replay, man. The goalkeeper, the goalkeeper made contact with Vidzsky. I'm like, get over it, get over it. It was a penalty. <laughs> Well, like you can well, I can look back at, at that game and say that should have been a win. Like for us in last place, we're going to look back at some games and say this is a game that we should have won. And the one-all draw with Bulk is one of those games. Even the one with um, I think it was after Pazgan in a near-all draw at home. That's another one we could have won that. And even before that, we had another near-all draw with Athromitos. Another game we should have won. So we're going to look back at these results. We're going to say these these results harmed us for surviving for surviving a relegation. That's well, the story of our season.
0: Well, what do you think's going to happen then? Cutting right to the chase, like I'm seeing, Ofi and Atromitos, as you mentioned at the beginning, they're just like going down. It, to, yep. to think that Ofi have gone from qualifying for Europa League in the beginning of the year to three points off last place. Did not expect that, but um, looking in, you know, the it's it's really not too far away for, for you guys, the uh, the end of the season, because for the relegation group, it's only, what, seven games, I think. Uh, yeah, seven so.
1: games. So as far as I understand, we're going to get three home games and four away games, as far as I'm aware. Hmm. That doesn't matter to me as long as we win games, as long as we get the results that are needed to stay up. If we finish in a playoff position and win the playoffs I'll be fine with that but still rather take that 12th that 12th place finish for me totally but for me orfi uh, they have surprised me with this winless run I did not expect this there out of all the midfield teams they're the most valuable good players like de Guzman de- Jonathan de Guzman A a, a former Dutch international, like what? He's got like 30 caps for Netherlands. And he's been, he's been around in Europe, played some, he's got, he's played some games, full season games. Like, man, he's an offie, and, and he can't do anything with that, with, with that side. And add in the, add in their young coach, Jorgo Simos, should have been sacked long ago. They've had three board meetings as far as I'm aware, he submitted three resignations, two of which were declined because the board showed so much trust in this guy. They thought he was going to turn things around. There was obviously so much unrest in Crete. The fans were approaching the team, everything. How are they going to get out of that hole? You've got to ask yourself that. They're still, they, they lost to the Artis today 1-0 from a Metroglou goal. As far as I'm aware, they didn't play well. They've got Nikos they've got Nikos Neoplias, a, a club legend, that's now coach for them again. Are they gonna get out of that hole? Is he the man to do it? Who knows? Panoturicos under under Velas, they don't play nice football. They, they're, they're one of the favorites to go go down. But for me, another surprise is Lamia, since they hired um, one of our former coaches, gregorio And after they beat us 1-0 at home, right after that he filed a lawsuit against Gurias for <laughs> for, 40, for claiming forty five thousand euros, <laughs> and, and he beat us again. Let me beat us again two one in in their backyard. They've they've improved so much. I think they've had, I think they've had th- three losses since he took over. All the, it's all of us. It's been draws and and a couple wins here there. But the the point is they've been getting some points. Yeah, gathering some points, getting up the table. They're the favourites to survive, but for me, heading into the playoffs, that one team to get to get to get a win, must-win game is against Atromitos. The Their sacking of Kanadi was the wrong choice, and I believe Kanadi revealed in Austrian media that Spanos sacked him because he was not starting the highest-paid earners in the club. One being one being Lazaros Christodoulopoulos yeah and a couple of others there as well like that's i'm like that's that's um
3: a quite a revelation from him yeah <laughs> 1990s management from the board getting involved with the teams bollocks yeah
4: michael i had uh there were two questions uh that i've been waiting to ask you once this game finished now the first question is regarding uh tiago silva one of the midfielders that uh played today And I wanted to get, as the opponent watching him, what you felt when you saw him play. Because for me, today I was watching a player that has the football IQ of an acorn. Uh, I mean, this guy's a a freaking moron. Doesn't see the field. I, I, I wish I understood what the hell this guy was seeing on the field. Because he is blessed with some great technical skill. He's got a nice touch. Can keep the ball close to his feet. And he has some flair. Like, let's be honest. I mean, he had that sequence of dribbles where he where he was dribbling forward, coming out of our half of the field, dribbled up uh, with a Latisse midfielder on his left. Did the did the crossover with his right and went left. He has that ability. He actually can do some interesting things, but he seems to be content with a quick a quick faint cut to the right and a five meter pass to somebody there. I don't there's no vision from him which is a shame because this guy has the technical skill set to do great things going forward but he's content just just playing tic tac toe with his friends in the midfield in the corner. So what what did you feel like watching watching him in the midfield today? And my second question is about Beznacas. I think you know what I'm going to ask. But let you answer the the Thiago Silva one first.
1: I immediately thought that he was going to be the weak link. I saw that midfield of Olympiacos and and I said to myself, "Hey, we might have a might have a chance here. Maybe score a goal." We did, but that didn't come from that. that wasn't a fault of Thiago Silva. But I actually said that because of a midfield of Thiago Silva, especially in the four four two, made me made me think we might we might actually do something in this game. Stifler has been. Has been great since he joined Colombino from Uruguay. Has been another player that I've been impressed with. Um, They're going to they're going to be targeting him, and they did. They were getting up. They were cleaning up the scraps in the midfield and pushing the ball forward. The only problem was, is our players were you know in other in other places of the field.
4: Now, I mean, he's horrible. We've already talked about this. He's like one of the worst defensively, like winning the ball back. I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't copped more cards than he has because everything is always like an outrageous foul with him. But my question about Pinakas, we watched Pinakas today kind of all over the place. I saw him playing out wide. He went out wide, right? He went out wide left. He was also playing central coming in. And I know you've said to us as well as on the LS 40 pod as well, that, Binakas is much more of a center attacking mid. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. A player like him, I don't care where I play him. I've seen him play well everywhere. So if he's naturally a center attacking mid, I, I'm still comfortable playing him as a striker. Hell, at this point, I'll play him on the wing too. Because for me, he's better than some of the wingers that I have. So I just want to know what your thoughts were if about... You know, we've heard rumors in the past that Libyakos were interested in, in Pinakas. Uh, if you think that it's a, it would be a proper move for him and whether or not you think it would actually happen.
1: Where well, did that actually happen? I mean, one other transfer in the past that's happened, well, excluding Christensen, we, there was Giannis Masuras, yeah. A 1 million, 1 million euro transfer plus 10 million sell on clause. I'm not sure how, that, look how that went. Like he was given a chance by Martins, but attitude problems got in the way. I mean, I think we know that. I think we've discussed it. But yeah. when he joined a, when he joined us again on loan, like Guardias just threw him out of the team because he was not throwing his uh, he was not following his uh, uh, physiotherapy program for hamstring injury. He just chucked him out for that reason. And um, whether it's a good move for Pina Castullimjakos, of course it is. Of course it is. But for me, I'd rather see him go abroad i think he's ready for that step but I, i'm not saying that he can't i'm not saying he won't move to a um a, a big club like Olympiacos or another big greek club too I, I don't mind that as long as you pay the transfer as long as you pay the transfer fee that he's valued at three million <laughs> yeah, yeah that of, of course he's he's rated that three million because he's one of our, he's one of our biggest talents in a long time like we've never had we've never had we've never seen such a talent of you know, with great ball technique and scoring scoring his goals. Like a 19-year-old is our top scorer. Originally a midfielder and can play in all offensive positions. I've, I think I've mentioned this before. And I've compared him to the likes of Funtas, who's also that kind of player. But that's another discussion for Funtas in, in Austria. I think, yeah, I think Binakas, yeah, he would be good for Olympiakos. And and for a club abroad. For me, Netherlands. Netherlands is that destination for all young Greek players. Yeah. Uh obviously
2: for our case, I think we want him. And I would I, I told these guys I would take him on the wing as well. I just want to touch upon Tiago Silva real quick. How many how many times are we gonna do this with a player? Um Tiago Silva Kafu, just absolutely useless. Like I feel like this goes to Costa's point of, like, this is where an academy kid should be playing. Or even, I, I, I was chatting with you guys earlier, I don't see the point of not just putting Andruzzos in the midfield and bringing in Drager, who's like, what is he, 22 years old, 23 years old? Like, he's bang average for me, but, like, at least he's young. Thiago Silva's, like, never going anywhere. Is Tiago Silva ever going to play for Olympiacos in big games? Not for me. So, what is really the point of? T- he's not in the European list. Well, the European list doesn't really matter right now. But like, I get it. Maybe rotation. But I would honestly just put Andruzzios in the midfield and Draker, You know, see what he's got. Or even, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just kind of done with with the whole Tiago Silva experiment. That's my opinion on that. I just wanted to. And real quick, actually, yeah, going back to what you guys said about Ofi. Ofi did this, so we were talking about the foreign list and the Greek li, Greek players. Ofi is actually pretty Greek driven. Like if you look at the roster, it's almost all Greeks. And it may be one of those scenarios where they went too Greek. You know what I mean? They don't have a they have they Guzman, but I don't think they have anyone else from abroad who they brought in the one guy from Australia. The their goalkeepers,
0: their goalkeepers, also Dutch. He's very the old. goalkeepers Dutch yeah. as well. They have a couple other. They have a Portuguese player too, I think, somewhere in their but, team.
1: That Australian striker. I, I, yeah, it's Apostolos Yandro. He used to play for the ethnic gear, then switched. Yeah, I remember Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they
2: just like have never been able to score goals. And I don't know if it's one of those things where like the owners off in America and couldn't give a shit about the team. You know what I mean? Like it it feels like if anyone just watched the team play they didn't even win a game in the playoffs last year. Am I right? Like this, no, this has it didn't. not been this is not a surprise for Ofi to be this this terrible like the signs have been there for it, almost they, a year did they sign Yanu? yeah
3: they signed they yano in the summer it's like it's like it never happened i remember he was quite decent before he moved abroad but didn't they sign another striker like castaños like some guy yes. that played in the in the syria for a little bit yeah like, it's just i don't know what's going on there like because if you look at i mean there's people like yorgo samaras who are on their board of directors and Ilias is like serious people, like yeah. serious professionals. Like when they were, when they were players, they were respectable and like, like good people. Don't know what's happened there. It's a shame. I think it's a shame. I have I another thought. Sorry, go I ahead. think
1: that I think Ofia just, just not mentally not there. The more losses, your mentality just drops. And it also, it's also Simos' responsibility. In, any time I watched Doherty, I saw their 2 0 loss against Dyke. He didn't—he didn't come up with any new solutions. He was just sticking with the same game plan, the same system, and everything. And they—they they kept on doing the same mistakes. That's it. And they—they're they're in this position right now. It's sad. Well, it's—I think it's going to be interesting at
0: the bottom of the table there, and I guess we'll have to see. Um let's let's begin to wrap up though and do as we always do. Although I think we actually didn't do it against Arsenal, understandably, but man of the match, coach is great. Um I will say for the coach for Martins, I'm not gonna give him an A. Uh, cause I wish we would have seen more of the young players. I can't believe that Suris was the only young player on the bench, or the only Academy player on the bench, even. Like, I get that you need to give El Arabi and whatnot, you know, make sure they're staying fresh, but like man, do we really need to see Matthew Valbuena for like five minutes at the end of this game? Um, so I'm going to go with a B+. Plus. Like, I mean, the set pieces, I think, is just something that I don't I don't know what he's going to do with it. Like, It's just a communication issue, I think. So maybe it's good that he's playing uh, Socrates and, and Vela to get them used to each other. They're probably going to have to play again on Thursday. But um, anyway, B-plus for Martins. And as far as man of the match, honestly... There weren't a lot of performances that really jumped out to me personally. Um, You can always say Fortunis, even though he got subbed off kind of early, I I thought he was all right. I think though, um, from what I saw, I think I'll go with Socrates. Actually. I thought he had a very solid defensive game looked good. Um, Andruzzos of course, scoring the goal was also another shout, but to be honest, he had some crosses that, you know, he really skied over, (laughs) over the box. And so, I'll ding him for that a little bit, but he still played well.
3: Um, Costa, what's, what's your
0: take for man of the match and coach's grade?
3: I think it was a bit of a dull match, to be honest, but I think I give my, my man of the match to Androutos. I agree with you that he made some pretty crap crosses um, in the first half in particular, but he looked up for it. He was bombing up and down the wing all day long, and he got the goal as well, and I'm, I'm happy for him. I think it's his first goal in the league this season got another one in the cup um yeah i think there was nobody really really stand out but i think he deserved it for the the effort that he put in and the passion that he showed on the field um for martins i give him a b i mean he obviously got the win he still hasn't sorted out those set piece problems and i I'm pissed uh, at his management with the youth, with the youth players. I would have liked to see some more some more rotation. I I was really just dreading the fact that Socrates, and Envilla might get injured today. I thought it was a risky strategy. Uh, I, I I do take the point that, you know, they need to improve their their coordination, communication because they might play together on on Thursday. I really hope they don't, because if there's any chances that we might have of getting a result on Thursday, we need Jan and Villa playing in midfield, not in defence.
4: Um, for for man of the match, for me, um, I think just one for effort and two for crashing the goal. Uh, it's also going to go to Abdurazos Fortunis. See, the thing the thing that kind of will hamper his rating for me is the fact that he got fouled so much. Had he not been fouled so much, maybe we could have seen something come of some of those runs, some of those dribbles that he had. But I think when it was all said and done, he was fouled eight times by the end of the game. If my, if I'm correct, I'll I'll see in the match report later what it actually was, but he was fouled a lot. Um, so positive for him, getting into dangerous positions, getting fouled, getting targeted. But I'm also going to give Martins... Uh, a solid a, a, a B plus because it the game was managed we got the result but there's no reason we shouldn't have had more uh, youth there 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 really isn't like sixteen like sixteen points up twenty points like Gosta said ahead of our rivals come on what other games are these guys gonna are you gonna play them in derbies are you gonna play the youth in derbies in the in the playoffs Pro- you, you know probably not even though we're so many points ahead so. When, when you have a nice cushion, this is when you start to do those experience experiments and give these guys the opportunity. So B plus, not because I had any issues with the the game management itself, but because of this. And that's it for me.
2: Yeah. And I guess I'll just wrap up. I'm going to say uh, Jose saw a man of the match for all the haters. No, <laughs> I, I'll say uh, I'll say I'll say as well. I really, and the celebration too, they asked him about and he said he saw another player do the celebration. It was the Chimika celebration. He liked it. So shout out for, for the Chimika celebration. I'll go, I'll go B-plus as well, you know. Um, also, we got to say, Hassan got hurt and may not play on Thursday. If we need like a set piece goal or we're like look, desperate for a goal and it's close, to that that may not be the best of news. So yeah, I guess Michael to wrap up the ratings.
0: Yeah, well, I, I just want to say... Lambro I don't think we're going to be in the position where it's going to matter to be honest with you on Thursday. I don't think but, so either but Yeah Michael you know. I mean uh, if you were to give a ma- you I guess you can give a man of the match to a Larissa player if you, you think someone played well and then give uh give your manager a grade or you know whatever you feel.
1: I'll start off with the manager Festa. Um, rocked up with a 442. A different kind of 442 variation. It was a, more like a 4222. So we were play we we're basically playing with two attacking midfielders slash wings. So Acuna and Benagaste were making some nice runs uh, down their flanks, pressurising the the Olympiacos fullbacks Bolivar and and uh, Andruzzos, which Androutsos was doing okay, I guess. But um, most of that work was from Socrates. He was he was giving um, Acuna a hard time. Um, on the setup, he got it spot on. But the problem was we were doing too many errors. But the only the only matchup the the only man of the match I would say I'm gonna I'm not gonna give it to Pinacas. I'm gonna give it to um, Adrian Colombino. Pressurizing at Thiago Silva, the weak link, which kind of kind of did um, did us a job in that first half. So man of the match, Adrian Colombino.
0: Well, Michael, thank you again very much for coming on and speaking with us today. Always a good time to chat and uh, really nice to get the update on Larissa as well.
2: I have one last question, Michael. Predictions for the national team. It, we may not have you on before then. It's Spain and then Georgia, I want to say. Just give me win, loss, draw. And JVS lasted past this international break. Yes
1: or no? no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a result. Uh, I'd say a one 0 loss against Spain, and 2 0 win against Georgia. But if I see, if I see Zvarnas and Mavrias called up, I will lose it. Mavrias hasn't played since November. Bear that in mind, guys. And Zvarnas is playing like shit in Ike. Greg has been saying it, even asking. If these two are called up, forget it.
0: They're going to be called up. And then... Some, it, well, maybe unless... Unless Savelas and Stafelidis somehow both make their way into the center. Stafelidis
2: backs. has been in, like, the hospital for six months. <laughs> if he gets called up.
0: JVS <laughs> like... JBS, JBS will find a way. He'll find a way.
3: Anyway, he's the captain, isn't he? Isn't he yeah, the captain? Oh, no, he's wait, the wait vice he's Bakasetas. He's the captain. Captain Bakasetas.
0: Bakasetas literally, like, cannot be moved from the squad. Like, I... If, if, he is, if he is not selected, I will like literally I, – I, I, don't, I don't know what I would do. Anyway, um, Michael, as we begin to wrap up, um, obviously you're part of the L.S. Footy podcast, um, which gives a much broader view of the Greek Super League as well as the lower leagues and, and basically all of Greek football. Um, while you're here, in case some listeners don't already know, in case they're not familiar with you from, from your previous appearances on the pod – um, where can people keep up with you on social media and and
1: also keep up with your podcasts? Well you can find me on twitter that 's where i 'm mostly active. I also have an instagram account under the same name, which i hardly ever use but i 'm mainly on twitter i 'll talk about Greek football um, any team actually, regardless of being my club or not i 'm pretty passionate about the game. We want the game to grow we want to provide a voice that 's why we 've um created the initiative of a a last football podcast we are on spotify anchor fm and even um even apple and you can also if you can't afford those app applications we are also on google Podcasts too um you can also and for our social media pages you can follow us on twitter at a last Footy, instagram and facebook and we also have a blogger site um where we do our all our blogs steve has been pumping up uh olympiacos blogs lately but i've got one in the works for um that will be on the on the playoffs so potential teams that are going to be relegated or survive i've got that in the works right now so keep an eye out on it uh make sure you subscribe to the blogger site so yeah that's all that needs to be said so just to go over it again we are on twitter instagram facebook and we also have a blogger site make sure you subscribe to us for all the latest on greek football
0: for sure. Well, thank you again, Michael, and uh, hope you enjoyed the game <laughs> as, as much as you possibly could. Um, and uh, good luck to Larissa for, for the rest of the season. Going to be quite an interesting push to try to stay up in the Greek Super League. And uh, thank you all for listening, especially if you've made it this far. Continue to interact with us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Gate7INTL. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a like and a subscribe, send a comment, send a nice note and, uh, leave a review if you're watching on Apple or if you're listening on Apple podcasts as well. And, uh, we've got a big game coming up on Thursday. We'll have a post game podcast dropping Friday morning. And then assuming the game goes the way we think it probably is going to, uh, we'll have a a group therapy session on the podcast over the weekend and, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. So. Thank you, everybody, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you very soon.